Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year has gone by incredibly quickly, but it's always nice to pause and take stock. What's something you're proud of in 2024 so far? What's something you still want to accomplish this year? I know I'm guilty of falling into a routine and not always thinking about the bigger picture, but as the great Ferris Bueller once said, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you can miss it. So it's crucial to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you contextualize your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. As you surely know by now, it's not only for people who have experienced major trauma. Therapy is helpful in all kinds of ways, including learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. If you've been considering trying therapy, check out BetterHelp. It's fully online and was specifically designed to be flexible and customizable to your schedule. To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash film daily. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Thursday, July 18th, 2019. On today's episode, we were at San Diego Comic-Con International 2019, where we experienced preview night, New Line Cinema's Scare Diego preview of It Chapter 2, and Amazon Prime Video's activation featuring the boys and the Expanse. We'll also talk about Preview Night and HT's first Comic-Con. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Storetta. And joining me right now is Slash Film writer Y Train Bowie. Hey, everyone. So we are here. We're together in one room. We are. We're meeting for the first time in face-to-face, which I know. is crazy. I talk to you every day on this podcast, and it's crazy that we are in the same room. I know. Um, so this is your first Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, what has the experience been so far? little overwhelming i kind of both uh anticipated and didn't anticipate everything that i would be going through mainly the waiting there are a lot of there's a lot of lines and you know i always thought of myself as a patient patient person but even this tested my patience quite a bit but um i'm gonna you know prepare myself a little bit more for the next couple of days this comic-con hasn't even started yet and i'm already a little tired of waiting in lines yeah you just experienced preview night which is on wednesday night and we 
we're back at the hotel room. This this episode will be online, obviously, on Thursday. Um, and we'll have updates throughout the convention. So keep on coming back. The, we're not just doing the five days a week this week. You should have an episode every day this week. So check out that. Uh, let's first talk about you went to the Amazon Prime Video Activation. And I guess people probably at home are wondering, what is an activation? An activation is sort of an immersive experience that puts you in the world of whatever TV show or movie is at the center of this activation. Usually it's also um, entails an activity of some sort. So think of something like an escape room or some sort of a puzzle or mystery that you have to solve. Yeah, so this this kind of started with like I think probably like Tron Legacy was like the first one to do this where there was like these scavenger hunts. Mm-hmm. Actually no, maybe Dark Knight uh did the scavenger hunts and then Tron Legacy led to like you know you actually entering the world of Tron. Yeah. And now it seems like it's cor- like corporations just have these activations which makes it sound like very corporate and marketing driven and not fun like it used to be kind of like a fun pop-up thing yeah i went to one in new york actually for a little battle battle angel which yeah. was quite fun because it did feel like being in that world and kind of like being on a movie set for example and they they uh, have people who are in character as as a residents of that world in like accents and the costumes yeah. and you know inviting you to do different games or to try to find out something mysterious so i found a lot i had a lot of fun with that this one um i they were shorter and the line the weights were longer so i don't think i had quite the immersive experience for the ones that were at the amazon prime uh activations so for this year they the tv shows that were at the center of these activations were the expanse the boys and carnival row um, I was told that I would need only like an hour and a half to do all three of these because it was a press uh, preview day, so there wouldn't be too many people. That was not the case. It was a lie. It was a lie. I waited about four hours. I, it took me four hours to do just two of them. And by the time I had finished um, the boys' activation, I tried to get in line for Carnival Row, and they already closed the line. Oh, wow. So I was uh, a little um, miffed by that. But um, what I did experience was fun. Like, they do put a lot of work um, and dedication into bringing these worlds to life. Um, But I will say that The Expanse, maybe it's also because I don't watch the show, so (laughs) I don't really understand what was happening. But it did feel like for the amount of time that I waited, which was about an hour, they rushed us through it because they they gave us, like, missions and they split up us up into groups but we didn't get to actually finish the mission before they kind of sped up the storyline and um had a riot of sorts and then pushed us Mm. out literally okay then let's talk about the the one for the boys because Mm -hmm. i feel like more people are probably interested in this anyways because this is a new series based on the comic book and uh our friend dan trachtenberg directed the pilot episode They're, they're having the world premiere here well i guess they had a world premiere at a film festival but they're having the comic-con premiere here and we'll be talking about that later but what was this activation like it was quite cool so they take you into a convenience store that had been broken into and you are one of a group of um let me see of uh uh 
two members of the boys that you must go to this crime scene and scour the store and um, basically dispose of any evidence of what had uh, taken place there. And you are uh, taken with 15 to 20 other attendees to find your way through like what happened. You go, you review some videotapes and security tapes and you look through the wreckage and uh, they're at the center of this is one a car that has crashed through the window and at one point the smoke starts coming out of this car and it looks very cool and there are two actors there who kind of lead you through the entire thing and through it through it they're very um very um Ex- I won't say exaggerated, but very bombastic. So they they talk about what this world is, and they t- they talk about how superheroes are the worst, and um, they basically tell you to look for security tapes, um, find a uh, a vault, and open that vault with a code that's hidden somewhere in the store, and then take out a tape and smash it with your foot. So it's quite physical. It's quite fun. There may be a stabbing at at one point, so it's it's a pretty fun um, and very like thrilling it's, activation. It sounds like very interactive. Yeah, it is, and uh, they yell at you too, so it's a little bit intimidating, but it's fun. So, what did you learn about the world of the boys from this? Everyone is very angry in this world, apparently. <laughs> yeah, apparently. But um, it, there's definitely this sort of seedy undercurrent of the world of superheroes, um, and something that the the boys, this uh, group of vigilantes, are trying to um, both expose but also uh, cover up for their own gain. So. There's a lot more of the going than just pe- these group of vigilantes who are trying to bring down superheroes. There's a, some other politics going on. So I found that fascinating. Yeah. So we'll have to watch the series to find out more on that. Uh, but after that, you actually got to experience some of Preview Night, which is the the first night. I, Comic-Con begins on Thursday. And they have this thing called Preview Night, which is if you have a badge for the entire convention, you get to go in early on Wednesday night, but basically everybody that comes here has that badge, so everybody's at preview night, so it's just like the busiest night on the show floor. Um, but you, it's basically our first look at the, the show floor. You have never been on the show floor before mm-hmm. Con- Comic-Con. You've done con- comic conventions. I have. Before. Yeah, so um, I'm kind of familiar with that sort of space, but the uh, San Diego Comic-Con show floor is just... Uh, 10 times bigger and more bustling and um, it crowded than any other convention show floor I've been to. Um, but it was exciting. I, I, I um, you know, the, there were much more sort of official stalls than at other conventions I've been to. So there was Marvel, Star Wars, um, all the official businesses there, in, in addition to the um, artists for as well. So it was really cool just to go to the... I find the BBC um, <laughs> stall and wait in line there to buy. I bought myself a little TARDIS backpack, which I was excited yeah. for. And they were also showing previews for the new Doctor Who VR game. Um, hey, you tried that out. I forgot I did. about that. I tried it out, and uh, it was quite fun. So it was different than the um, short VR short film that I had experienced in Tribeca. This is actually a video game that will be available on the Oculus and uh, PlayStation 4 and other sort of VR um, so this consoles. Isn't, this isn't one of those like demo experiences that is like trying to sell Doctor Who the show. Mm-hmm. Like they have a lot of those for like movies and stuff. This is actually a game that's going to come out it's that actually, I could buy on yeah, the Oculus Quest. It's actually a game and it was quite a fun game too. Like um, you were uh, asking me before we started recording like what 
what a Doctor Who game even entail, but it's pretty fun. Like, you play a person who the Doctor is trying to get to join her in the TARDIS, um, but you are in a junkyard and under attack by aliens, so you have to assemble uh, a radio to call the TARDIS to you and from, like, pieces of um, that are in this junkyard. But in the middle of assembling it, you are attacked by a Dalek, and uh, you have to of course. finish this before you get you die and get <laughs> exterminated. And there are other monsters from the Doctor Who universe Doctor Who universe that will appear. There's um, one that I'm really interested to see how they will uh, play it out, but we didn't get to, to sh- try it in the demo game. Um, we It's a weeping angel, so the conceit of the weeping angel is that you can't look away from it, which I think is very cool for a VR game. Oh, um, so everywhere you look, it's yeah. going to just be there. That's yeah, exactly. Cool. So if you look, then it's frozen as, an, as a stone angel, but if you look away or if you blink then it moves because it's an oh. incredibly like fast creature that can only move when you're not looking at it. But when you move at when you look at it, it's frozen. That's actually very cool. Yeah. Although I don't think they can track if you blink, but They can. They can? Because they're aliens. No, I mean like the, oh, the actual like VR the headset. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I think I mean, they only but yeah, track yeah, you yeah. Look in away. world, yes. they, they can, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, crazy. And you enjoyed this? Yeah, I did. It was a it's a re- great game. I'm excited. I don't have any Oculus or VR um, consoles, but I was kind of considering getting it because I was like, this is a, it was really fun for the the part that I got to play. Um, and of course, I found my way to all the anime stalls, the yeah. Funimation, the Viz Media, the Crunchyroll stall, and um, had a lot of fun just uh, collecting a bunch of the free items from that because I sold out of all the things I wanted to buy. <laughs> It's funny, I was on the show floor for, what was it open for, like three, four hours, something, mm-hmm. whatever, and I don't think I encountered any of the anime stuff. Yeah, I just, it was like a, a beacon calling for me. I immediately, I found it within like five minutes of being there. Yeah. I, it seemed to me, I, I know you don't have any comparison, but it seemed to me that preview night was busier than it's ever been mm-hmm. before, and I was walking the show floor, I recorded a vlog which i'm about to edit after we finish recording this podcast uh so hopefully that turns out well and hopefully you can click the link in the show notes and find that uh, but uh, showing all the collectibles and cool stuff i could find on the show floor but i was stopped by a lot of uh, readers of the site listeners of this podcast um that just all said nice things people that actually i got stopped by more people than that then that read the site or listen to this podcast, I got stopped by more people that actually follow the new YouTube channel, Ordinary Adventures, which was kind of cool um, because these people were stopping me and didn't even know a slash home was. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It just made me feel really grateful. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff I saw on the show floor in terms of collectibles and stuff. And I, I'll, I'll again, I, I recorded a whole video blog, which Hopefully I can edit tonight before mm. I crash. I do want to say I, I really enjoyed seeing the props from films, too. Yeah. That was something that's um, not as usual in other conventions. So, you know, Marvel costumes. There's the Batman anniversary happening right now. So there's uh, and props from the Christopher Nolan films and costumes from there yeah. as well, which I, I thought was really cool to see. And you also have those, like, multi-level booths, which mm-hmm. are, like, much bigger than I think you see at normal like, yeah, conventions. Yeah, for sure. It's... It's very, a lot of a lot of layers to it. I know that you, after preview night, you were thinking about going out to a social gathering of a, a fellow journalist, and you just texted us, and you're like, "No, nah, I'm gonna go back 
to the room and go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, I'm already worn out. It's only Wednesday. Yeah. How is that possible? I gotta, you know, get my stamina up. Well, I'll let you go to sleep, and we're gonna talk to Jacob about it, Chapter Two. Uh, thanks for joining us, HJ. Thanks, Peter. Joining me now is the managing editor of SlashFilm.com, Jacob Hall. Hello, hello, Peter. Um, it's great to be doing this again across the table from you. Uh, I didn't get to see you at all th- this afternoon because you were not at preview night like HD and I were. You were at a event called Scare Diego? Uh, yes. While well, PBI was going on, I was uh, having tequila waiting for <laughs> the theater to open for Scare Diego. This is the third annual event thrown by Warner Brothers and New Line to promote their upcoming horror films. And last year was a big grab bag of things upcoming. And this year they focused the entire panel on one film. That's It Chapter 2. So it was the premiere of the new trailer, which if you're listening to this, is online by now. And... Uh, three clips from the film and then a panel moderated by Conan O'Brien with director Andy Muschietti and all the actors, all the uh, actors playing the Adult Losers Club were all there. And the panel itself was you know, one of those things where nobody... Conan O'Brien yeah. seems like such an odd choice for a It Chapter 2 panel. I think, this is me purely speculating, it was in the same theater where he's going to be having the next couple episodes of his show filmed from, so I think they just found a way, found a way to kill two birds with one stone. And... Um, Get him to yeah. already have already have a set, already have the lights, just move in there and have him do it. And, and he walked out with like a Funko version <laughs> of Conan as Pennywise. Everybody, everybody got a Funko Pop of Conan O'Brien as Pennywise. So if you, if you want that, DM me on Twitter. We'll talk about a price. <laughs> oh no, you're gonna get like tons of DMs. I, I don't need it in my life. Um, but the panel stuff was fine. It was it was fine. Uh, no real news from from the actual panel. The actors were all very charming. Uh, Bill Hader is incredibly funny in person, as you'd imagine. So I want to talk about the clips, Peter. We saw, we saw three well, wait, 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 before you talk about the clips, because mm-hmm. I know some people probably want to tune out now because they don't want spoilers. Yes. So before you talk about the clips, so those people can, when we give them the, the proper time, can you give me your your broad reaction to what you, the footage you saw that, that doesn't spoil anything? If you enjoyed 2017 It and the box office suggests that you did, uh, you will enjoy what I saw from It Chapter 2 tonight. It is very much more the same, but in a way that feels like if it's not broke, don't fix it, as opposed to reheated leftovers. I mean, the, the same characters are there, and I feel like the actors seem to have really slid into the into them. Like, there was the, the shorthand of seeing these actors together as adults and knowing that they're these kids you love from the first movie felt really instant. And... The scares didn't quite land for me, but I also like the scares don't really land for me in the first movie either. I think they're more spooky than they are scary. The, the first movie is not really a scary movie. It's more creepy yeah. than scary. And I think that applies here. I think that, uh, that very much applies here. Nothing in this footage was like, maybe me jump in my seat, but I admired the artistry of it. I admired the tone. And Andy Muschietti, you know, doing what he does, which is, you know, very stylish, you know, uh, atmospheric horror. And... The jump scares, you know, they're they're there, but I, I always enjoy the stuff leading up to that more than the actual sudden s- soundtrack sting followed by a clown lump jumping in your face. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's talk about the clips now. So if anybody doesn't want to know about this, you can tune out now. But keep in mind that Warner Brothers and New Line Cinema are using these clips to promote the film 
and they're showing it to wide audiences. So this is probably stuff that's going to appear in the trailers and whatever. So I don't think this is necessarily like, I mean, this is obviously also a book that has been out for millions of people. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not sure how much of a spoiler warning we got to give, but there you go. Yeah. There are a few things I am going to leave out. I'm doing a written version of this as well. So uh, so if you want to read that, it'll be up maybe the time you hear this. Uh, but yeah, there are a few things I, I will skim over that I think that I think probably do deserve to be seen in a theater. But uh, I am going to talk about the basic details of what they showed. Okay, so go ahead. Let's talk about uh, clip number one. Uh, clip number one is a scene that if you've read the book or if you've seen the miniseries, you should be very familiar with, and that is a scene set at Jade of the Orient, a strip mall Chinese restaurant in Derry, Maine, where the adult losers reconvene after twenty-seven years. Uh, Mike Hanlon. Uh, the only loser to stay in town has called all his old friends because Pennywise the Clown, it, is back. And anybody who leaves Derry doesn't have the memory of what happened. They don't remember Pennywise. So all they know is that they're reconvening for a promise they made as kids and don't know what's going on. So the first half of the clip is all the losers meeting up and re- remembering each other and hugging and doing shots and eating food and laughing. And it's just it's very fun. It feels very loose and... and uh, Bill Hader's killing it. I also, he's the most impressive person in this footage. He really inhabits more so than anyone else in these snippets what Finn Wolfhard was doing as a character in the first film. And it was, it's very fun to have these characters... The heavy lifting has been done for us, Peter. And I feel like they're aware that we already love these kids so much that the best thing things adults can do is try to remind us of them. And, and they do that. And the yeah. first half of this clip, which really is this, them goofing off, is incredibly fun. And... Things take a darker turn when Mike starts reminding them of why they're here, and they all start remembering Pennywise, and they all start remembering, oh no, really bad things happened. And then they notice that one of them is, one of their numbers is missing. Uh, Stan uh, is not there. If you've read the book or seen the miniseries, you know where Stan is. And they all start cracking open fortune cookies, and the messages all spell out what happened to Stan in a very dark moment when they all realize it and then a fortune cookie comes to life as a, with a giant spider leg out of it and the clip ends so awesome it, it, was, it was a it was a very good scene and i'm very excited to see more chemistry between these actors are, are they intercutting any footage of them as kids with us uh when ben and bev first meet there's a uh flashback of them as kids uh, sharing a moment but that's the only one in this footage i imagine it'll be more for sure yeah uh, the second one is a scene that's not in the miniseries or book. It's completely invented for the movie. So I'm very curious to see how it plays and where it plays. And that there's a carnival in Derry. Uh, like I said, no carnival in either version before this. <laughs> and the scene finds uh, James McAvoy's Bill chasing after a kid who's being hunted by Pennywise. And the kid goes to a fun house and into a hall of mirrors. And Pennywise is after him. And it's the kind of thing where... You know, you see Pennywise creeping around in the reflections, appearing in places where he shouldn't be appearing. And there's some really cool shots where you'll see, you know, ten different versions of James McAvoy's bill because there's mirrors everywhere. But Pennywise appears in, like, one reflection where he disappears in the other. So it's, it's some really, really crafty, yeah. good atmospheric scares. And the clip reaches uh, its climax when Bill finds himself right through one transparent window away from the kid. And Pennywise is very, very close and starts slowly banging his head against the glass uh, and the glass starts cracking and he starts speeding up and up and up and his head starts like in sort of a grotesque Looney Tunes fashion starts flattening out against the glass as it cracks oh, and, it's, uh, and of course it ends with Pennywise breaking the glass and lunging at the camera and uh, Bill screaming you know take me instead of the kid you know it's a, it's a very good scene I, I have no idea 
where it falls in the story because like I said there's no carnival in the book or the show so I don't know if this is third act stuff middle of the movie uh, but it's a it's a very effective spooky scene but like so much of the original it I think the build up to the final scare is so much more effective than the actual scare yeah I'm excited for this because I I, I love when they use a maze of mirrors like they, I mean that's a trope in horror and even it, when it's done badly, it's usually kind of interesting. And someone like Andy, who is a good cinematic filmmaker and storyteller, I think there's, you know, that's ripe for some exploration, especially with Penny, Pennywise and how you can use the more psychedelic kind of aspects of that. Yeah, so that brings us to the last one, which is uh, the return to the house in Kneebolt Street, which you remember from the first film is a really creepy abandoned house where the kids have some really upsetting adventures. They return, it's nighttime, and uh, Bill has gone alone, and the rest of the losers catch up to him and refuse to let him go alone. They have a great moment, I won't spoil here, where they, where what character repeats a line from the first film in a dramatic fashion. Uh, it was a really big, crowd-pleasing moment, so I'll, I'll just leave that here. And they go into the house, and this is where I'm going to drop another spoiler warning, Peter, because if you, if you even don't care about spoilers, we're, we're going to talk about um, something that's from the book and the miniseries here, so stop if you don't want to hear it. But... Uh, they're all exploring the house, and a door slams. The characters are split, including a few of them in the kitchen. Uh, it's I don't know. Bill's there, uh, and a few others. And the refrigerator starts rattling, and it opens up, and the body of Stan Uris is in the fridge, folded in half. But it's not adult Ben Uris; it is, it is a kid. It is uh, Wyatt Olaf reprising his role uh, as young um, young Stan in this Pennywise vision, and his and he's clearly been dead for a long time in this fridge and he starts his corpse starts speaking saying why did you let me die why did you let me die and the head rolls off the severed head rolls right off across the room starts talking and screaming and then in a very blatant homage to the thing which they confirmed was intentional in the Q&A afterward the head sprouts spider legs and rushes at them Uh, so it's if you remember the thing there's a scene where the character's head literally rips off and grows spider legs and rushes at (laughs) all the characters and I um, can't remember the exact line of dog. I think it's uh, Bill Hader saying, you've got to be fucking kidding me. They said they actually uh, added that line because that's what the characters say in the thing when the spider head runs at the characters in that movie. So they uh, improv that when they realized that people would just enjoy the reference going even further. So uh, there is no spider-legged uh, head version of Stan Uris in the book or miniseries, but it's really fun to see them doing a blatant John Carpenter reference in the middle of it, chapter two. I mean, I, I was tickled by it, and the horror fans around me seemed tickled by it. And I don't know uh, if, if they'll have more like this or not, uh, but I know that since a lot of uh, people wondered how... In the original It book, the monsters are very much drawn from 50s horror, and It is a classic 80s horror film, so I feel like it makes sense that Pennywise would imitate a classic 80s horror scare to scare these characters. So, intentional or not, I'm really on board for that as a reference. You know, I didn't think I could get more excited for this film, but everything you're saying sounds really cool. Uh, after seeing this footage, are you more excited? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it's going to make a bajillion dollars, and the trailer, which is also online, is an incredibly well-cut trailer. Um, I'm prepared for this to be a really good movie. I think the uh, adult portions of it aren't as good as the kid stuff on the page in the original novel. Uh, so I'm very curious that's to see. That's my one hesitation, yeah. too. Like, the first movie is more, you know, obviously, like, Stranger Things, or I guess what Stranger Things copied from. Yeah. Um, it's the dog eating the dog, mm. you know, whatever. Um, but 
I'm yeah. I, I guess that's my hesitation, but it seems like everything you saw of the adult stuff in this was good. Yeah, everything I saw here looked good. Like I said, it was about ten minutes of footage overall. I'm not going to make any final judgments yeah. here. But if you were sold on the original it, this looks like a sequel to it in all the ways you expect it to look and feel. Very cool. Okay, well, we're going to end the podcast here. If you want to find more of all of our work, go to SlashFilm.com. This podcast, SlashFilm Daily, is published every weekday. You can subscribe on iTunes, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at SlashFilm.com. I promise I'm not going to read it until after Comic-Con, so you can you can email me all you want, and I'm probably not going to read it. But uh, please do, and please rate and read this podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you tomorrow.